The Florida Gators are back at it again with defensive recruits on campus for official visits. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting insider. And Brian, we're talking defensive official visits right now because there's a good deal of them coming onto campus in Gainesville this week. Sure. We're starting with Wardell Mack because he was the one that like piqued my interest the most here. I know that he's often described as like corner, safety, or just straight up DB. What kind of player do you think he is? He could play nickel. I don't know if I'd want him at free safety. He's savvy enough to play it, but he also has enough skills to stick with a receiver. It's harder to find guys physically that can play corner. So at the very least, nickel. Uh, that spot, you need a little more physicality for, and he can do that. And let's, let's be honest, a certain cornerback coach in Gainesville understands cornerback play pretty well. Um, and he knows that state. He's a Louisiana kid. So I, I'm, I'm really interested to see what he thinks. I'm looking at my notes. This kind of tells you right off the bat, forget recruiting rankings, which institutions are going after a player. Let's, let's read a few of his favorites. Florida State, Florida, LSU, and Texas. He can play. So, you know, New Orleans area kids, it's got one of the highest per capita rates to get to the National Football League. He plays there. He's wanted by Corey Raymond and a bunch of other guys that can be very selective. Yeah, Florida needs this kid. So I'm curious what they're going to sell him on. You and I have talked about before, the Gators need more DBs. It's not a news flash, but they also got to sell more than just playing time. I'm curious what they're trying to tell him because, like, like your question, maybe he doesn't want to be a nickel. I don't know. I don't know the kid personally. I've met him at a seven-on-seven. Seven, that don't mean much. Can he make an impact, though, if they tell him just corner, just safety? I'd be really interesting to hear what the pitch is for Raymond and the Gators. Yeah, I like that you mentioned Florida State because I was going to ask that anyway, where he said Florida State's pushing hard for him. As a, we'll say DB, I don't care if it's corner or safety specifically, but as a DB, how do you kind of go about, we'll say, dealing with your recruitment where you've got Patrick Sertain is is pushing for you and you got an all-pro corner who's been there, and on Florida side, you have Corey Raymond, who's proven he can get people there consistently. So like, as a DB, how do you kind of weigh that? Relationship. That's always the answer. It never changes. <laughs> I, I said it on your show and 500 others. Kids pick schools based on the relationships with the coaches, not the logo on the shirt. Fans can throw things all they want at me. It's still true. So, I, yeah, so t- I mean, like, he's a great guy. Uh, so we're you know, Raymond's a great guy. I've met him before. These guys aren't going to have a hard time relating to the players, and they know their craft. Now it's just personal relationship. Uh, maybe the swamp is a is a finalizing point because I mean that's one of the coolest stadiums I've ever been in. But it's going to be about the coach. So and then again, what do you want him for? This is one of the rare times when you can argue a corner may not play corner and possibly shouldn't because he'd be better at safety or nickel. That's pretty unusual. So his recruitment's a little more of a difficult long-term projection, but I, I trust Corey Raymond's judgment on where he should go within Florida's defense. He's, he's proven that. 
Yeah, he, he kind of knows that position a little, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> I know LSU has been thought of as like the public favorite for him. Obviously, we know that. But with Florida, Florida State, and Texas, like you mentioned, all still competing for Wardell Mack, like what do the Gators have to do to separate here other than just say we have Corey Raymond? I think it's time. I was looking up some different things with his visits and all that. LSU is playing the long game with many of their top recruits in state, and it's it's one of the most difficult states to get somebody out of. Even when Spurrier was there, Urban Meyer, et cetera, you're going to get a low batting average with Louisiana kids. You just are. If LSU wants a kid there, man, that's not friendly. The only school that's had any consistent success, not surprisingly, is Alabama. So with that being stated, LSU hasn't had its visit yet. Florida needs to try to find a way to get him on campus for a visit this summer and in the fall. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to win straight up with LSU too often. The only other thing I can say is LSU is recruiting very, very well. It's possible they fill up, too. If this kid plays the long game and Corey is willing to save a spot for him, a lot of New Orleans kids make really late decisions. It could be signing day. They might pull one off at the end. It's it's still very, very murky on where he's going to go. Yeah, that was that was my next point is, is this going to come down to signing day? Because I'm pretty Good. sure he said in an interview, like nothing's officially scheduled, but I think he said he's planning on taking his visit to LSU in December, which to me is like, well, you're not doing that unless that's coming down to national signing day. Yeah, that's look. New Orleans is infamous for that. It's not a whole lot different than a Houston kid or a Miami kid. They usually take their time. There are a few guys that are just pick the home state school and go to Texas or Miami or whatever, but that's a situation where even LSU oftentimes waits. And it's probably why Brian Kelly and the Tigers want the December visit. I, I think it's a pretty good strategy actually. And still in the secondary Jamari Howard's another name that we've talked about multiple times now and is going to be on campus this weekend. I feel like things have been kind of quiet on the Jamari Howard front where. Yeah. I have some story about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are certain kids, even by South Florida standards. I was actually messaging about him earlier today. It's the only guy I've sent a message about in the entire country to one of my brethren in the recruiting industry. And I'm like, I have no idea where this kid's going to go. And that is very rare because it's a Florida kid. Like out of state, if it's not a Florida Georgia kid, I may not know. This guy, I have no idea. I don't think Jamari knows. I know him well enough. He's just a kind of a loosey-goosey kid. He'll figure it out when he gets there. That makes my job very hard. So <laughs> he, he was once committed to Michigan State. It doesn't even really seem like they're a factor at all anymore. His recruitment is the definition of bizarre. Florida's after him. Miami wants him. Florida State wants him. I've heard Alabama. But he does fit all the measurables. He's long as all get out. He's about 6'2". So I don't care where Jamari commits to this summer. If he does, and my guess is he will just to get guys like me to stop calling him. <laughs> but he'll be a signing day guy regardless. Uh, I know fan bases hate it when kids commit and still take visits. Jamari is that guy. So it is what it is. You have to recruit him. He fits exactly what Corey wants at the corner position. He could play free safety too. Got to recruit the kid, man. He's he's an athlete and a half, and he can, he can run like a deer. If, if you hear something, let me know. But I, I can tell you from talking to some people, there's not a lot of, a lot of feel for this one because he'll probably take visits in the fall too. Yeah, and as far as you saying, like fans hate when kids commit and then take visits elsewhere – shouldn't hate it because your team's doing the same thing. Like, exactly. Can't hate that because we've got 
every week there's been kids from the elsewhere coming to campus. So shouldn't have that at all. You know? but with with Jamari, should Gators fans at least feel like public perception wise, they're in the driver's seat at this point? Yeah, it, it, seems like, it seems like they've had the most buzz, right? And it's just unique. He's he lives on the the Dade Broward border where it's just as competitive as it gets for recruiting. And Florida has always been hit or miss in that area with, re- with recruiting for 30 years. But for whatever reason, and it probably it's because of Corey, they've done a good job with him. It's one of the schools when I'm, I talked with him like February that he was interested in. That's been consistent. That's all you can really ask with a kid like that. That's not trying to finalize his recruitment in the near future. And he is going to be the long haul. Uh, you're going to have to wait that one out and bite the fingernails. So Florida would be my pick, but boy, that is like they put those confidence scales on those crystal balls. Mine would be like two. It's like I just he he just doesn't know where he's going yet. It it is what it is. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bird Dogs, the best dang shorts you will ever wear. I'm telling you, I'm not even like making this as a suggestion. I'm telling you for a fact, best shorts you'll ever wear when to play basketball, went to lift, went for a run, then went for a walk afterwards the other day. Loved them completely comfortable the entire time wear them to lounge around the house or be incredibly active go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and when you enter promo code locked on college they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order and florida has wardell mac jamari howard on campus this weekend they're the only two the only two blue chip dbs that are in gainesville this weekend and just from a more conceptual point of view how does Florida manage to make both of them feel like a priority? Because obviously every recruit wants to be prioritized. Florida, last year you had a corner coach and a safety coach. Now you just have Corey Raymond with the secondaries coach. So how do you kind of manage that? That's actually something I've been posed with before. And just what I've told, been told is like, I can use you differently than him. That You might even have the conversation with both of them. And as well as individually, they're different players. They're different sizes. They're different speeds. They're different lengths. You talk about how they work together because you don't want one of them. You want both. So you have to sell it that way and be honest. Why would you not? Because if they do the exact same thing, why are you recruiting both? You, you know, everybody has a role. So I like world Mac is a different guy than Jamari. I don't think Jamari is necessarily a nickel. He's probably a little long for that, but then again, he's he's a great athlete. He could at least try, but I want him at outside corner. That he, he is what he is. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't don't make it complex. So yeah, I, I think they'll look at it from a compliment standpoint, and they need numbers. You and I have talked about this on air, off air, number of times. It's not going to be hard to sell the depth chart. And it's still the University of Florida with a tremendous tradition of putting defensive backs in the National Football League. And then you got Corey Raymond. So they'll figure it out. And the last DB that's on campus this weekend is Teddy Foster. He is not a, a blue chip guy, but a, a three-star from Sarasota. Late addition to the official visit schedule uh, was just added. Uh, I believe it was Monday he got added to the list. What do you think of Teddy Foster? This is one of the more hilarious situations, and it happens every year in Florida with a couple of kids. I saw his name, and I'm like, who is that? And I looked <laughs> him up, and I'm like, oh, that's why. He plays at Cardinal Mooney. It's a lower level. It's a private school in Sarasota. It's been around forever. But watching him run around on that field against that competition was like me playing basketball against a bunch of sixth graders. <laughs> he just dominates. 
and he should. That's the one thing. When you see film like that, okay, he's a lot better. Well, does he dominate? He was murdering people, whether he was playing receiver or corner. Athletically, he's he's not a whole lot different than Jamari, and they're very similar size. So I get it. It's just that he's at Cardinal Mooney. It's a little harder to project because he, he, you know, he's slaughtering kids out there. But man, can he move? And he's got the academic profile because, like, he's got a Duke offer. He's got a whole bunch of Big Ten, ACC, etc. He can play. He just gets no no press because he's at Cardinal Mooney. This is a developmental kid. You don't know how that's going to transition to the SEC. That's the one question. There's no way to do that. Even Corey isn't going to be able to tell you. He can coach the kid all he wants, but physicality of the Southeastern Conference is a little bit iffy for a kid that's coming from Cardinal Mooney. So, yeah, he can go from the hunter to the hunter real quick. So, athletically, though, I mean, this is what you're looking for. And at worst, because he's a pretty savvy player, he could end up playing free safety. He's got the speed and all that, and he can change directions well. I'm like, sometimes you just miss, man. I had no idea who this kid even was until today. Looked up, watched his film for a couple of minutes. I'm like, okay, yeah, this this makes sense. It was, but he's at Cardinal Mooney. They're not going to get the same attention that Miami Central is where Jamari Howard's at. There does not. So there you go. Yeah, it's like when uh when we're getting to NFL draft season, and it's like, oh my god, this edge rusher had at 20 sacks this season, and then you look and he's playing with Wagner yeah. in Staten Island, and it's like, okay, so, so so not playing anywhere that matters there. But sorry, Titus Leo, I did not mean to disrespect you. But um, for Foster, he's been kind of I don't want to say on the rise, but he's been getting a little bit of traction lately with. Florida and, and other schools are starting to be like, oh, hey, maybe he can play. Uh, he spoke about Florida's offer being big for him, SEC, close to home, Corey Raymond, he mentioned. Does this have the makings to be a commit that Florida can maybe actually close while they're on campus? Because that's something that, you know, it's it's June 16th and I haven't been able to do that yet this year. I mean, if you're a kid from Sarasota, mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, Florida is thrown in your face all the time. That is a Florida town. It, it is. And I would not be surprised in the least. It's right down the pipe from a social standpoint. It fits Sarasota, and he's at a really high academic school. Florida will fit him all across the board. I actually thought about the same thing. I'm like, I wouldn't be shocked because I'm sure Florida is going to tell him we have X number of spots, and these two guys over here are really good. I'm not going to say no. I don't know if they would take all three of them. I have no idea because I don't know what they're thinking about with the nickel spot. And like Wardell makes is the most complex. Once again, this kid, I think is an outside corner that can maybe play safety, but it's, it would be, if he, if he thinks he should go to Florida, he should make that decision. That would be my advice because it's a lot easier to take the kid from Miami central than it is the kid from Sarasota money. That's just, that's just the way it is. And in the front seven to wrap up the rest of this, uh, Jamonta Waller is on campus this weekend. And depending on where you look, he's listed as a linebacker or he's listed as an edge. And it seems from what he's said, he wants to play edge. Like he said, that's why Auburn's number one for him right now, where they tell him, hey, we're going to play you at the Jack linebacker spot, which Florida also has a Jack linebacker spot. So where where do you think is the best spot for him, though, play-wise? Like, do you think it's better for him to play on that edge or off-ball? The answer is both. With the defenses today, with the, the different hybrid defenses that are what I call high-risk because you're, you're putting a lot on the plate of the defensive players because you're adding 3-3, you're adding the Eagle defense, which is a 50, and 4-3. You're moving guys around to get, try to get interceptions and big plays. 
because offenses have such an advantage with their personnel packages and stuff. I think he could play inside linebacker. Like athletically, Waller is ridiculous. He's my favorite player in Mississippi in terms of an edge rusher or defensive lineman. And this year there's about six defensive linemen that are good enough to play at Florida for Mississippi. It's insane. It's one of their better years in several years out of that state. But he's the best, in my opinion. But he's also athletic enough. If you wanted to just play him at middle linebacker and he, he wanted to learn it, hell yeah, he could play it. He's 225 pounds and runs like a deer. We'll figure it out. So you have to at least entertain the spot of putting him a couple of different places, even if it's just to blitz him. You know, how much he can learn and how much he'd be interested in in terms of the playbook. Like middle linebacker is a whole different animal. You can play edge and, and kind of do the old saying, see ball, kill ball. Uh, middle linebacker is a different deal. you got to be able to direct everybody. That's a lot of studying and off time on your own. But he can do any of them, man. Um, if you, I don't, I don't know for sure, but it'd be hard not to at least start him at outside because that's the easiest. You get him on the field. Long term, I bet you wherever he goes, he plays a little bit of both, especially in goal line and stuff, just to try to confuse offenses. He's a great football player, man. He's really good. Yeah, and Florida right now is behind at least Auburn, Ole Miss. I want to say right now, I feel like they're behind Georgia, Penn State. Thanks. How do you manage to gain that momentum? Playing time. Playing time. Because that's, I mean, it's going to be hard to win this recruitment. Out of this list, like offensive and defensive players we're kind of looking at, he might be the hardest one to get because he's arguably the best player they have visited. You can make that argument pretty easily. He's he's a dude. And that's what's, you know, if Florida's going to win a national title again anytime soon, you got to win some of these. But a Florida official visit has swooped in, and changed recruitments for decades. Why would that be any different today? It's a great campus. It's a great school. You're selling the swamp. It's the Southeastern Conference. This is not a difficult sell. Why not us? I'm sure Napier is going to say that in some capacity, and he's absolutely behooved to do so. I, I think they can make a move. They have all the things that you would want. Now it's just about that relationship. There's that word again. If they can get a relationship with him, they can build this weekend, there's a chance. You'll know pretty soon. There'll be some kind of smoke from the visit, and I'm sure he won't take phone calls and all that. But if there's not some smoke from the visit that everything went well, then you can probably cross the Gators off. We'll know soon. And the last player that we're going to talk about today is Aaron Childs, who linebacker from that DMV area where Florida's starting to try to recruit like only linebackers with Jay Bateman apparently. But what do you think of Aaron Childs' play and his fit with already having Miles Graham and Adarius Hayes committed and Chris Jones being the favorite for Florida right now? I think they're just playing to the numbers. They need a lot of numbers. And they're they're looking at it like if you don't want to compete, don't come here. Would he play the position of one of these other guys? Possibly. But I think they also want versatility, kind of like with Waller. Um, look, I'm, I'm a big fan of several of these guys. I'm not going to go and pick any one of them to be the main dude because they're all really good. But this guy might be the best just linebacker. Uh, which spot is he going to play? Maybe Will. Maybe he'll play Mike. Uh, maybe both. And I don't think they care. And they shouldn't. That's why his offer list is ridiculous. He's really freaking good. And, again, like the Mississippi kids, some of the South Georgia kids, some of these guys get overlooked. The DMV per capita, puts as many kids in the NFL as any major metropolitan city. It's insane. You have to recruit there if you're UF. Even 
even Urban recruited in Virginia and D.C. And he was getting he was dominating in state. He still took some kids out of those areas. There's a good reason why. This is no different. If you're Florida, you've got to recruit there. This this is a kid that can help change your roster because Florida only knows from what I watched last year, Florida needed a lot of help at linebacker because they just didn't have the right depth. They didn't. You know, Billy inherited what he inherited. So now they got to move guys around and they need many bullets in the gun, if you will, to make it happen. Why not this kid? Yeah, and Florida did get on the board with the DMV kid with Mike Williams earlier this week. So at, at least you got right. you got some from there already. But with Aaron Childs, Michigan's right now the huge favorite, like the, the overwhelming favorite yeah. right now. But, I mean, with his official visit set this weekend, Michigan hosts him next week. He's got the top three, Michigan, Florida, Maryland. Like, like how does Florida put themselves in better position for Aaron Childs where – I mean, you, you can use the argument of, hey, Michigan stylistically defensively is, is kind of similar to Florida. Florida's a bit more aggressive, but still that that hybrid 4-2-5, still that cover three, quarter style. So how do you kind of sell yourself over Michigan if you're Florida, other than just it's the SEC? There are two things, and that's that's a great question. Michigan has been the leader for – a long time. And first off, you got you got to look at them and be objective. That's a great football school. It's a great institution. You got Harbaugh there. They were just in the playoffs. They got a lot to sell. All of that is fine. And they, they've got a lot of alumni in the D.C. area, all, all these things. But they've been the favorite for a long time. So you got to ask yourself, why hasn't he just committed? There's something there. Like, I, you know, it doesn't matter what school you root for. If you lead for a kid forever – and they're still going to take visits, there's something missing. Maybe he's he's going to figure that out when he visits Ann Arbor. I do not know. But that means there's an opportunity for Billy and the Gators to figure it out. And UF, in terms of culture and all that, is completely different than Ann Arbor. I can tell you that. I've been to both places many times. Neither one has anything in common with the other. So you got to find a cultural fit there that goes along with the relationships. There's that word again. And that's going to be the difference because Michigan's defense is really good. So if he wants to be a part of that machine, that's fine. Florida has to probably sell. We're trying to get to what Michigan's doing. Being realistically, are they Michigan's defense right now? No, but <laughs> not even close. They're not. They're not. So, but you can be that guy for us right away. Michigan, are you? right? Probably not. You're going to sell playing time. So if they can sell the culture, sell playing time. And again, it's still, like you said, it's a Southeastern conference. Why not Florida? Again, this is not hard, man. Florida is, in my opinion, one of the top five uh, college football head coaching jobs, and it's because of the reasons we're talking about. You you pretty much could have my dead grandmother as the head coach, and she could go get a top ten recruiting class. It's not that hard. It's Florida. So let's see. They have to win some of these battles, though. Early in July, we're going to have a show, and we're going to talk about did they upset anybody for a recruit? And if they don't, I'm going to light Billy and the Gators up. I'm going to light them up. Because it's bottom line. If you're going to be at Florida, the goal is to play for the college football playoffs at least every other year. You're not going to get there without kids like this. You're not going to, you know, Childs can change your defensive depth chart real quick. So they got to do it. Yeah, they got to lock them in, Florida. (laughs) That's right. Thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting insider. Catch him all throughout the Locked On College channel. And Locked On Gators. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Now we will be back tomorrow with 
Brian Smith once again to talk offensive recruits that are taking their official visits to Gainesville this weekend. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I'll see you all tomorrow.